It's the henna episode. This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. We'll get to the danceable ritual and danceable songs soon. But let's linger on the history and mythology of henna for a moment first. Dancers have been conditioning and coloring their hair and skin with henna for thousands of years, beginning in Egypt and landing in India centuries later, similar to the possible mirror image of the path of belly dance as we know it. In this show, we'll dive into the myth, mystery, and history of henna. It's been found in the hair and nails of mummies entombed in ancient Egypt. Henna has cooled the heads, hands, and feet of women for thousands of years throughout the Middle East, Central Asia, and South Asia allowing brides to stay still and relax as intricate designs stain their hands and feet at the henna party before their wedding. Henna has been described as a cosmological cosmetic, a way of making the sacred visible and communicating with a higher power. These are the words of a women's group in India called the Anshul Project. They're referring to mehendi, when henna paste is used to decorate skin. Similar to the patterns that emerge when we dance, the patterns in mehendi travel through the artist. These patterns come from nature, masters, beautifully patterned carpets and clothing, and maybe even through guidance and the musings of higher powers. The Anshul Project also states that in India, the beauty of a woman's creativity is celebrated through the practice of Mahendi. What a great statement. I'm going to take that a step further. Everywhere in the world, the beauty of a woman's creativity is celebrated through the practice of dance. Okay, I can't help it. One more. The beauty of creativity is celebrated through dance. Ah, okay, back to henna. Henna is also used as an oracle. What a nice word, oracle. The depth of color staining the skin can show how successful a marriage will be and whether good luck is coming. And some say there's magic in henna. Fertility, protection against evil. And I only saw this written on Habiba.org, but there may be a legend that the henna flower was a favorite of the Prophet Muhammad, and he dyed his beard with henna. That makes henna even more special. According to the research of Catherine Cartwright-Jones on hennapage.com, henna and mahandi were not seriously studied as cultural expression in the past because most writers and anthropologists were... Men. Therefore, they didn't have access to or take notice of what is essentially a women's art. The 14th century book Medicine of the Prophet lists specific uses for henna, including treatment of migraines, and Cartwright Jones asserts that the male poet Ovid at the time of Christ did imply that Roman women were dyeing their hair with henna. It's kind of amazing how we have all of these technological advancements and we are still using henna the way many women did thousands of years ago. Dance has changed so much since the introduction of recorded music. So much more precise and planned. Henna remains unscripted and free. And the smell of henna is ancient. Some don't like it. I love the smell of henna because it reminds me of relaxing. If the desert sun and the obscured cool earth beneath had a combined smell, I think it would smell like dried ground henna leaves. When I was in my 20s, a woman in southern India offered to teach me ancient beauty secrets. I was getting all the sleep I wanted. I had no interest in makeup, so I declined the invitation. And I'm still wondering years later what she was going to teach me. Maybe henna application, maybe something women do with neem, turmeric, moringa, other plants. I'll never know. 
This lingering invitation has motivated me to try health and beauty rituals all over the world. Moroccan bathhouses, Ayurvedic massage, Thai massage, Balinese facials, Chinese acupuncture. Pardon my French, but these are the time-tested good shit treatments. We are opened up, calmed down, and forced to stay in one place just for a little while. And most of these treatments involve plants and other elements of the natural world. Every plant we encounter has a purpose just like every person. Plants may be dancing with us and singing and talking to us with electricity and we can't even see it or feel it or hear it. We don't even know. So this danceable ritual is going to bring us a little closer to the plants around us. Danceable ritual. If you're outside now or you can see outside, look around. If you're at home, you can open your fridge. There are beautiful plants all around, right? If you don't think that's true, maybe you want to do something about that. Buy a couple of vegetables and admire their beauty while you prepare and eat them. Nurture an edible houseplant. Reroute your default path outside so that you pass by some plants that you enjoy seeing. Back to the danceable ritual for this henna episode. The henna we use for body art and for conditioning and coloring our hair comes from the leaves of a bush. Get close to a plant now. Gently break off a tiny piece of the plant outside or in your house. Yes, the plant may be able to feel this. Honor the plant. Close your eyes. Roll that piece of the plant between your fingertips, right under your nose, and as you smell it, inhale and start an upper body undulation. Scoop your heart up with your rib cage and let the undulation travel all the way down to your belly. Do two more of these upper body undulations, inhaling the fragrance from the plant each time. You're smelling the life of the plant. If the plant you are holding is definitely edible, it's time to take a bite. Continue to undulate as you bring the plant inside of you, inside of your mouth, nourishing you. If you didn't eat the plant, please don't eat the plant if it's not actually edible, bring your hand away from your nose and open your fingers so you can see how the piece of this plant has changed. Move into a pose inspired by the way the plant looks to you now, the way that little piece of a leaf looks to you or the plant that you took it from. Take a deep breath in and out. Plants are helping and healing us all the time. They are in the air we breathe and the water we drink. And plants inspire our dance if we take a moment to see how they may be dancing as well. The trees are swaying. The henna flowers are blossoming. If you have a danceable ritual you want to share, please visit aliciafree.com, that's A-L-I-C-I-A, free, F-R-E-E, and click on the Facebook icon and post your ritual. We want to see who you are and what makes you want to dance. And if you tried one of these danceable rituals, tell us how it went. Go to aliciafree.com, click on that Facebook icon, and post. Now it's time for some music. Danceable song. Due to my confusion with fuzzy copyright laws, I am unfortunately not going to include clips of the featured songs here on the podcast unless I get permission from the artists. The featured songs will always be available on Spotify on my Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist. So I couldn't find a good henna song, but I have a song that would be great to listen to while you henna your hair. And it's from Afghanistan, one of the countries where wedding celebrations include a henna night. So it seems fitting to spotlight this song. Chashmak Bezan Setara is a slow Afghan rock song by Ahmad Zahir. The man who made this song famous was the Afghan Elvis. According to AhmadZahir.com, Ahmad died when he was only 33 years old. 
He was born in rural Afghanistan, studied medicine in the U.S., and became a doctor, and then returned to Afghanistan to revive folk songs and fuse famous old poetry with modern instruments and concepts. I love this artist. Our band sings another one of his songs called Lely John, which is less danceable, but it's so good. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's also on the Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist, of course. Chashmak Bezan Setara is the name of this song, and that phrase is repeated throughout. Setara is Persian or Farsi for star or fate. The words of this funky old song translate into something like this. Entice me with your mesmerizing eyes, O star, or O fate, not sure. The clouds have drifted away. You make my heart sing. I am sleeping. You are awake. I am tranquil. You are working. Your every gesture graceful. You have sparkled again. You notice I admire you, and you gestured to me. The instruments in this song are trumpet. Yes, I love the trumpet. Harmonium or accordion. Can't tell. Tablas. And a drum kit, a drum set. I'm not sure. That sounds like a drum machine. It's so distorted. That's one of my favorite parts of the song. It sounds electronic, but it's not. And clarinet or a soprano saxophone is involved in there. In other songs by this artist, the electric guitar sounds like a sitar. And he sang in Farsi and Pashto and Dari and other languages in Afghanistan and around Afghanistan. And this was during the 1970s when Kabul was called, get ready for this, the Paris of Central Asia. This is not the Kabul of recent memory, right? The Afghani ambassador to the U.S. at the time, Mr. Jawad, said then that Afghanistan was less tribal than New York. And then a communist coup came in 1978, and that is one of the historical markers of the current situation in Afghanistan. So when you hear this song, you are listening to an Afghanistan you have probably never imagined. Entice me with your mesmerizing eyes, O oh fate. Follow my playlist, listen for free, and dancing will become even easier with hundreds of diverse belly danceable songs, all curated for you and all on one list right at your fingertips. Just click on that Spotify icon on the top of aliciafree.com and it will take you right there. Let's do some dancing. Damn sexy dance move. Palms out, palms down, coochie crown. This dance move comes from a Bollywood-inspired choreography to the song Afghan Jalebi by the Fleur Estelle Dance Company of London by Fleur Estelle. The description for the video for this says it's created for a bridal client. If you were to wear a coochie crown or a more modern head jewelry piece that an Afghani bride might wear while you do this move, you will showcase that crown by framing it with your hands. Side note, from what I read, coochie coins are not in style in Afghanistan. A lot of us dancers love coochie coins. And uh, most of the coochie coins now come from Pakistan instead of Afghanistan. Return to your solid but relaxed belly dance posture. Subtle smile on your face, chest open, shoulders low and relaxed. Slightly cupped hands with energy all the way to your fingertips. Pelvis tucked, knees soft. For this move, your feet will be side by side and close together with equal weight on both feet. We're going to outline the curves of our body with the backs of our hands from our hips up to our head. Point your fingers down to the ground at your sides with your palms out. The backs of your hands are against the sides of your hips. Palms are facing away from you at the sides. Now smoothly glide your hands up past your shoulders and neck, tracing the front curves of your body. When you get to your ears, the tip of your middle fingers meet each other and your cupped hands are hovering over the back crown of your head, where a yarmulke would sit if you're having trouble picturing that. Bent arms are open nicely, framing your face and hair. 
you should barely be able to see your elbows out of your peripheral vision. Make sure those elbows don't creep in and block any of your face or your imaginary coochie crown on your head. Try this again and add some slow hip circles. Again, backs of your hands are against the sides of your hips or just a little below. Palms are facing away from you at your sides. Smoothly glide the back of your hands up past your breasts, your shoulders, your neck, tracing the front curves of your body. And when you get to your ears, the tips of your middle fingers meet each other and your cupped palms are hovering over the top back crown of your head. The butt of your wrists are up closer to your temples of your head, but not quite there. Bent arms are open nicely, framing your face and hair. You should barely be able to see your elbows out of your peripheral vision. Make sure those elbows don't creep in and block any of your face or your imaginary coochie crown. Try it again with the slow hip circles and you can finish the move by reversing it and sliding your hands down your hair and the backs of your hands down your sides back to your hips. And the palms out part of this damn sexy dance move could show off Mahandi on the palms of your hands. As far as I can tell, Afghanistan is still not a great place to be a woman who loves to dance. But according to an article on gildenserpent.com by a journalist who's also a belly dancer who had traveled to Kabul in 2002, in private, some women in Afghanistan belly dance for each other. I have found that belly dance speaks to many people throughout the Middle East and Central Asia who would never belly dance in public. Belly dance moves and videos influence the way many women dance for each other in private and at women-only gatherings. I like to keep it light on this show, but it's worth mentioning the sadness associated with henna as well. Because henna is part of many wedding traditions, henna is part of a bride leaving her home to live with her husband. Henna night is a pre-wedding tradition in Afghanistan, Turkey, and probably some other countries as well. Maybe all over the Levant, North Africa, and Arabian Peninsula, where belly dance thrives in public and or behind closed doors. In Turkey, they often play a really sad folk song at the henna night called Yushak Yushak Tepelere. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but it means in the high hills, which sounds romantic, right? But the lyrics say, don't let them build a home in the high hills, far from family. The lyrics are heartbreaking, making the mother of the bride weep. Maybe I'll feature it as a dramatic danceable song in a future show. In India, henna night is referred to as Mahandi night. Because of the use of henna in this wedding ritual, we can see that it's also joyful, especially for family members who see a woman who will be united with someone that will bring her closer to being the best possible version of herself. I'll put a link to a video of this move in the show notes, and I keep adding helpful free dance videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe and the moves will keep coming. Now let's take a moment to dote on delicious whole food that makes us dancers glow. Featured light in my body food. Since henna is not edible, let's celebrate something that looks similar to henna powder that we can eat. Matcha. Green tea leaves that are steamed and baked and ground. My favorite way to consume matcha is chilled with soy milk. And if you're looking for a green color to dye your food, don't worry about the chemical weird food dye. Matcha turns food bright green naturally. It's glowing with chlorophyll and caffeine, so look out. This stuff can give you a serious energy rush and jitters if you drink too much, so use it wisely. There's culinary-grade matcha. Some people sprinkle culinary matcha on soy yogurt, granola, homemade cookies. You'll see it in East Asian crackers and sweets that are bright green. Often that's dyed with matcha, not a synthetic dye. Just like henna, the quality of matcha powder ranges widely. And matcha contains the stems and the leaf veins as well as the tea leaves. It's ground up with metal blades instead of stones like regular green tea. Must have a different impact. And again, matcha is used in ceremony. 
when I go camping, I like to bring some matcha powder, just a little bag of matcha powder and a box of soy milk that doesn't need to be refrigerated. And then I make myself a fancy matcha shake while I'm camping. Add some ice in there if I have it. If not, I just enjoy it at room temperature. And like henna, it's another green powder that has been enjoyed for centuries and is mixed until the lumps disappear. Matcha is used in tea ceremonies in Japan. For ceremonies, they use the younger leaves, the higher quality grade. For my bachelorette party, we had a hot matcha tea ceremony in a Japanese tea house out in the woods in upstate New York, followed by a bunga show and a funk show. That's right, life is good. You can mix matcha up with anything a whisk a fork shake it up in a jar they do make special ceremonial whisks for matcha out of bamboo they're lovely but you can just vigorously mix a teaspoon or two of matcha with one half to one cup of hot water and enjoy it as tea you can make a shake out of matcha a cold drink with one to two teaspoons of matcha powder and mix it with almond milk or oat milk or soy milk whatever plant-based milk that you like and put some ice with it matcha powder may have the same amount of antioxidants as regular green tea but it has more chlorophyll let's play dress up Make you shine, costume tip. We've all had pieces of jewelry that we thought were really cool or special that were also uncomfortable. They got stuck on things, they're too heavy, they just didn't quite sit right. These are great pieces to sew to a headband or a dance bra so that you can enjoy them and not have to feel uncomfortable wearing them. You can make your own crown out of anklets or earrings, big chunky earrings, and sew them to one of those no-sew headbands that I talked about in a previous episode, and then they won't get stuck in your hair. I had these great anklets from India that kept getting stuck on the hem of my skirts, so I sewed them onto a dance bra. They look great. I also had some head jewelry that was too uncomfortable for me to wear. Where it doesn't sit in my part right the chain so I sewed that to a headband I'll include pictures of it in the show notes I just sewed it to a piece of fabric so I can tie it on like a headband and then it's really easy for me to wear and do the coochie crown move so next time you encounter broken or uncomfortable jewelry that you love consider sewing it onto a headband or a dance bra if you have a costume tip to share please send it my way via Facebook or an email through my site As Will Durant said, we are what we repeatedly do. So, let us repeatedly do what the divinely lovely do. Feel good. Look goddess habit. Henning your hair can rejuvenate you. Performing a beauty ritual that makes you feel good at least once a month can have a big impact on your happiness as well as the way you look. Sifted henna makes our hair softer, happier, and vibrant with these plant-based red hues. Chemical dye does this with chemical magic, but the long-term effects of using chemical dye on our hair and skin are unknown. Henna has been used on hair for many, many lifetimes. And we do not know the impact of chemical dye on our water supply when it's produced and washed down the drain. Henna comes from a bush. Many say that henna should not be used on hair that's already chemically dyed, but if it's pure henna with no metallic salts, etc., some say you can use henna on dyed hair just fine. Using henna to color hair is messy and it takes time. Like learning how to improvise after being trained to dance choreography or ATS to can music in a dance studio for years. Using henna is still worth it. I made a whole video of uh, henna mixing and application and rinsing with my friend Damarie. She's a photographer. We're mermaids out in the creek. You should check it out too. There'll be a link in the show notes. I love turning my silver streaks to copper with leaves from India. My hair is brown, so I use a mix of henna and indigo to cover the gray, and I keep the colors close to my hair color. This last part of the show is going to be seven tips for coloring your hair with henna. These are also on my website, aliciafree.com. 
If you're not interested in how to use henna on your hair, you could just skip to the end of the show and listen to the next show. But if you are interested in henna, hopefully these tips will help you skip the potential problems with using henna to color your hair that I encountered and get you right to the benefits of henna. Number one, buy quality henna from reliable suppliers. There's definitely a lot of chemical henna out there. And there's old henna, like two-year-old henna that won't color your hair as well. And that's just a waste of your time. The good henna comes from nothing but the pure plant, Lasonia inermis. It has been sealed and stored well. And it's less than two years old. So go with a supplier who wants long-term customers. I was getting good quality henna and indigo from hundy.com. And then last year they shipped me a big batch of Rajasthani Twilight Henna and Zakara Indigo that faded faster than previous batches. And I tried leaving the henna and indigo mix in my hair for five hours instead of three hours, applying more of it, etc. I don't know what's going to work. But even when you do have a good supplier, they can have weaker batches. I tried henna from the henna guys and that faded really fast. They suggested applying henna first, rinsing, and then applying indigo. No way. I'm not spending the entire day doing a two-step process with mud on my head. And they suggested using a cold water rinse and not using shampoo. Their suggestions may make a difference in color, but that is beyond what I want to do on my spa days. Take a cold bath in upstate New York. Maybe in tropical climates that would be fun. I am going to try not shampooing my hair and just using conditioner and see if that makes a difference. There is black henna out there. That is bad stuff. It is dangerous. If the henna someone is selling you will turn your skin black, say no thanks. It's not henna at all. Stick with henna that is 100% natural and from Lasonia Intermis. Indigo is not black henna. It's indigo. Indigofera tinctorial another flowering hot climate plant. And sometimes henna producers spray green dye on henna leaves before drying them to make the powder a more intense green. They hope buyers will think that the intense color of the powder will mean it will color our hair and skin better. You want to buy dye-free, tested, triple-sifted henna for hair. The quality of henna varies widely. And there are Nurpur, N-U-P-U-R mixes from India that are like nine herbs blend and they're fun to use and they do make your hair softer but I don't know if it's actually natural henna. They only recommend letting the Nurpur mix sit for two to three hours after mixing and pure henna is supposed to sit overnight so that math doesn't really make sense to me. I wonder if there's something that's henna-like that's not actually henna that's in there. Anything that comes from regular beauty supply stores like this Nurpur mix makes me wary. There's misleading labeling, excluding ingredients on labels, ingredients created in labs. Just like food, it's worth spending more money on natural makeup and wasting less money on unnatural chemical junk. Number two, schedule time to henna. Stay home for four to six hours if you can and enjoy it. A spa day at home is not just a luxury. It also enhances our ability to deliver our special gifts to the world and glow while we do it. Do whatever you need to do to block off four to six hours for you. Ask for help, guard your schedule, say no to an invitation, you can make a four-hour spa day happen once a month. It doesn't mean you have to be alone. Your kids can be with you. But it's really about you hennaing your hair when it's time to henna. And just take it easy. My two-year-old is part of my henna spa day. He's totally intrigued by the process of mixing and rinsing it, and he loves the smell. He's seen me henna my hair about a dozen times, so now he doesn't try to touch it or get upset while I rinse it out with him standing beside the tub. He's part of the process. I mix the henna the night before applying it, and then I get up early the next day, 
Mix the indigo powder with water right before application and then mix the henna and indigo paste together immediately. I apply the mix to my hair, wait two to five hours, then take a nice bath with Aztec healing clay on my face. So relaxing. If you're leaving henna in your hair for more than two hours, wrapping your hair in plastic wrap or even a clean used plastic bag cut open will keep the henna from getting too hard to easily rinse out. Sleeping with wet hair that has just been hennaed may stain your pillowcase and your pillow as well as your sheets. It really makes a lot of sense to henna your hair first thing in the morning and let your hair dry fully after washing it. You can definitely leave the house with henna in your hair. I saw a woman working in a restaurant kitchen in Nepal with henna in her hair once and I respected her for making it all work. You can wrap your head in saran wrap and tie a fancy turban with a scarf on or put on a hat and go on your way without worrying about people wondering if you have mud in your hair. It can be really nice to just stay home and make your surroundings better while making your hair more beautiful too, if you can pull that off. Tip number three. If it's your first time using henna, invite someone to help. Ask a friend to help you when it's time to rinse the henna out, especially. Maybe they can be your wingman with application. Better yet, ask a friend who knows how to henna already to let you watch them or henna your hair. The hairstylists I've asked in the U.S. were not willing to use henna in their salons. Maybe the process takes too long and is too messy. In India, it was always easy for me to find someone to apply henna for me. I think many people in India apply henna to their hair and skin at home. Family members and and house helpers probably help. And men put henna in their beards too and their hair in India. It looks pretty awesome, actually. (laughs) Number four, experiment until you find your perfect mix. So what do you mix henna with? up to you monthly henna experimentation is a satisfying exercise in alchemy try different ratios of henna paste and indigo add essential oils if you like coffee tea citrus i mean research it first citrus irritated my scalp when i tried it so i just stick with pure water henna and indigo i don't know if it's really necessary to have something acidic to release the dye for my brown hair speckled with silver i mix one cup of henna powder with just enough water to make it the consistency of frosting i mix the henna at least three hours before applying it to my hair usually i let it sit overnight cover it in my experience letting mixed henna sit at least six hours after mixing makes the hair color last longer and letting henna sit mixed longer than 10 hours before applying weakens the color this also has to do with the temperature if it's cold where you're mixing the henna it's going to take longer for the dye to release if it's warm it will release quicker and therefore the mix can sit for a shorter time before you apply it to your head after the henna sits mixed for three to ten hours i mix a half cup of indigo with enough water to make it the consistency of frosting as well before i apply it i mix it separately then i mix the two together and apply immediately tip number five try the Buddha top knot. This tip is from a pretty little hairstylist that hennaed my hair in Rishikesh, India. As you apply the henna to longer hair, start a bun at the back crown of your head. Then as you go, separate your hair into lines perpendicular to your face with a long-ended comb. Paint your roots with henna and wind each chunk around the bun. You'll have a top knot when you're done. Number six, lay down to rinse. If you have to stand to rinse the henna off of your hair by yourself, be prepared to scrub the walls close to you and have a dark towel or two ready to dry your hair and catch any color drips. It's really not that easy to stand up and rinse henna off. It's much easier to soak your head. If you can lay down in water in a tub or a creek or the ocean when it's time to rinse the henna out, it's much easier to relax and clean up afterwards. It's a great time to clean the tub right after you've rinsed out the henna. It's not relaxing to clean the tub, but I rinse out the henna, get dressed, leave my socks off, and then I clean the tub, and then I have a nice clean tub as well. Here's a secret tip. If you're going to lay down and rinse the henna out of your hair, 
you might want to use earplugs. Like for swimmers that will keep the henna water out of your ears, it might cause something weird if you have a bunch of henna water soaking in your ears. Seven, prevent henna stains. I mentioned previously that you don't want to go to bed with wet hair that you've just hennaed because the dye might stain your sheets and your pillow and pillowcase. Your white tub, sink, floors, walls, clothes, etc. are all susceptible to henna stains. I mix henna in a glass bowl. I wipe up any henna that gets out of the bowl around my skin immediately and wash it all down a metal sink or scrub the sink and the tub with Barkeeper's Friend or Borax immediately after finishing. I designate a spatula for henna so I don't have to look at other spatulas I use normally in my kitchen stained. I have a special henna spatula. Stays in the closet. And some avoid using metal with wet henna. Others say it's not a problem so I just stay away from metal spoons and bowls to be safe because I'm not a chemist. Whew. Hopefully those tips will save you some time researching henna. If henna's not your thing now, you might love it in the future when you want to try something different or your hair turns gray and you're not into it. Regardless, henna reminds us that not every moment of our lives needs to be busy. We can schedule half a day each month to be alchemists, painting ourselves as our ancient ancestors did, periodically transforming ourselves back into goddesses, massaging our minds in a warm, earthy bath. If you have a feel-good-look goddess habit to share, please send it my way. Let's get real. Saint of Truth I hate having gray hair, saying it straight up. It doesn't bother me to see other people with gray hair, but when I see my gray roots returning in the mirror, I just want to cover them up with henna or a headband. I remember hearing women in my family talk about going gray when they were teenagers. Self-acceptance is wonderful, especially regarding things we cannot change about ourselves. I'm not even 40, but I don't know if I'll ever stop coloring my gray hair. But honestly, if I didn't have gray hair, I wouldn't have a henna ritual. My hair would not glow coppery red in the sunlight, and I would not have this connection to ancient concepts and ancient beauty rituals. So I've made the best of it, even if it's something about myself that I wish was different or would disappear. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on aliciafree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter.